Uh, well, friends, who is your favourite actor or actress? Uh, some of us might like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in movies like The Titanic. Uh, hands up if you like Leonardo. Um, some older ladies um, <laughs> like Leonardo. Uh, others of us might like Jennifer Lawrence in the Hunger Games series. Uh, John Sung, thank you. Uh, still others might like Morgan Freeman in uh, The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, personally, my favourite actor is Tom Hanks. And my favourite movie is Forrest Gump. I'm still trying to play table tennis like, uh, like uh, Forrest Gump. But uh, we like good actors, don't we? Uh, we like good actors because they are able to play a particular part or a particular role in a convincing way. Now, that's what makes them a good actor. It's someone who can play a role that is different to their true selves and they make it as believable as possible. Now, uh, there's nothing wrong, of course, with uh, professional acting, but uh, I want to suggest to you this morning that in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus speaks out against those who are religious actors. He speaks against those who are religious actors. Uh, We've met these religious actors already in the last few weeks in the scribes and the Pharisees. Uh, You see, they were the religious leaders of Israel who were trying to play the role of the religiously devoted person so that outwardly they looked righteous, even though inwardly there was no reality to their devotion to God. On the outside, they looked like they were keeping the law of God, but on the inside, they were looking for loopholes. They were just doing the bare minimum because they did not really want to obey God. There was no genuineness there. But Jesus says to his disciples that they are to be different. In fact, we saw that astonishing verse, didn't we, in chapter 5, verse 20, where Jesus says to the disciples that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, well, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, their righteousness was to be a radically different righteousness because it was to be a righteousness that seeks God from the heart, a genuine righteousness. Uh, Now, in chapter 6, Jesus continues in a similar vein. Uh, You notice there that he speaks against people like the, the scribes and Pharisees, whom he describes here as the hypocrites, Uh, You can see it there in verse 2, can't you? Verse 2, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. Uh, Or again in verse 5, you must not be like the hypocrites. And again in verse 16, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. Uh, The word hypocrite uh, actually comes from a Greek word that simply means actor. Uh, They were the ones who performed in plays, on stage, in order to entertain the crowds, uh, they often wore masks so that they could play a role that the mask represented while the person behind the mask was a very different person indeed. You see, that's what the religious hypocrites were like. They were simply playing their religious role, which was very different to their real selves. They were wearing a mask, playing the act of devotion to God, 
but underneath the mask was one who despised God and his ways. And Jesus says that his disciples will be different. Are you and I radically different to the religious crits that Jesus talks about here? Uh, Now, friends, I want you to notice that in chapter 6, Jesus begins with a a general warning against hypocrisy before he moves on to uh, three specific examples of what that hypocrisy might look like. And you can see the general warning there in verse 1, can't you? Uh, Verse 1, Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Uh, Now, two uh, quick things to notice here. Firstly, uh, Jesus is still speaking about the practice of righteousness here. Uh, He's speaking about the righteous acts that the disciples will do. However, did you notice that the righteousness that he speaks about here in chapter 6 is a little bit different to the kind of righteousness that he speaks about in chapter 5? Uh, In chapter 5, if you remember, uh, the kind of righteousness that he's speaking about is keeping the law of God. Uh, That's the the, the righteousness uh, that that he wants, uh, keeping the law of God from the heart. But here in chapter uh, 6, he seems to be speaking more about religious righteousness or religious acts of piety. uh, Because you'll notice that he goes on to speak about things like Uh, uh, giving to the needy uh, and praying uh, and fasting which were all part and parcel of uh, the religious piety of the Jewish people. But secondly, notice that Jesus here is not warning his disciples about uh, practicing their religion in a way that is visible to other people. Uh, If you remember, Jesus has uh, said already in chapter 5, verse 16, that, uh, as as we just sang about, the disciples are to let their light shine so that they are visible to others in such a way that when others see their good works, they will give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Now, he isn't here banning people from being visible disciples, but rather he is warning about motive. It's a warning about practicing their religion before other people, notice, in order to be seen by them. In other words, Jesus is warning here about doing religious acts in order to be applauded by other people or uh, to impress other people or to be well thought of by other people. How easy is it, friends, to practice our religion in such a way that we want others to say how great we are rather than wanting others to say how great God is. Now you'll notice there that Jesus warns against uh, this kind of religious hypocrisy uh, in three different areas. Uh, Firstly, uh, he warns about religious hypocrisy in giving to the needy. Uh, You can see it there in verse 2. Have a look with me at verse 2. Uh, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. 
apparently uh, in the temple in Jerusalem, they used to uh, sound a, a large trumpet uh, whenever they wanted the citizens to uh, come to the temple to contribute uh, to some urgent need. Uh, and the image here is of a religious hypocrite who uh, hears the trumpet and uh, drops everything that he's doing, and he rushes to, temp- to the temple in such a way that all the people will notice him on the way there. You know, he may walk at a faster pace so that people will notice his religious zeal. You know, he may purposely have the coins jiggling in his pockets so that everyone can hear his generosity. And when he gets to the temple, uh, he might look around and make sure that everyone is watching before he drops his generous contribution in the box. Now, uh, this kind of motivation is, is, is still alive and well in our day, isn't it? Uh, you know, uh, I give to a charity on the street towards a good cause. Uh, they give me a, a yellow daffodil that I can pin on my jacket. And for the whole day, uh, I can proudly um, wear my jacket so that others can see what a generous person I really am. You see, the religious hypocrite doesn't give because he really wants to give to the needy. Rather, he gives in order to take from others. He gives in order to take credit from others around them. And Jesus says that they have received their reward in full. You want the approval of others? Well, that's the only reward you'll get, he says, when you But secondly, uh, notice that Jesus warns against religious hypocrisy in public prayer. Uh, Let's pick it up from verse 5. Have a look at verse 5 with me. And uh, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. You see, it's not that they love to pray, it's that they love to stand and pray so that everyone will see what a great prayer they are. Now, friends, I must confess that uh, this is a a particular uh, uh, temptation uh, or struggle for for me and uh, I'm sure others who do any kind of ministry. Um, It's so easy to be out at the front, isn't it? Whether you're the preacher or playing the music or whatever it is, in order to impress people rather than out of a genuine heart that longs to seek seek and praise God, isn't it? Uh, When I was a college student, uh, I remember preaching a sermon uh, at a church where I was on mission, and uh, I knew that the late uh, John Chapman Uh, who was one of the great preachers uh, uh, of that day, would uh, be sitting in the front row. And uh, I've got to tell you, uh, I didn't sleep very much that week, uh, knowing that uh, that John Chapman would be sitting in the front row, because I was so worried about what he might think. But you see, what I needed to remind myself was not that John would be in the room, but that every time I preach, actually, God is the one who is listening. God is the one who is there. And he is the one 
I need to please. Uh, It's the same with public prayer, isn't it? Uh, I don't think I've seen uh, too many people in our church uh, showing off at the front as they pray, as they lead in public prayer, uh, which uh, is a good thing. But I wonder whether our problem is that for many of us, it's not that we want to get up the front and show off by praying in public, but we don't actually want to pray in public because we're afraid of what other people think. Is that true? Uh, so uh, some of us may have never, uh, may never have prayed in public, out the front, or in growth groups, or with other people, uh, simply because we are terrified of what others may think of us. You see, it's the same problem of wanting the approval of people, even though it's the opposite symptom to what Jesus is talking about here. But if it's the approval of man that you are after, then that is all you will get, says Jesus. Thirdly, uh, Jesus warns against hypocrisy in fasting. Uh, now, fasting was a, was a Jewish requirement. Uh, Jews were commanded in the Old Testament to fast uh, once a year on the Day of Atonement. But in fact, uh, fasting was uh, part of accepted Jewish practice. And uh, people abstain from eating food for a period of time uh, to express things like repentance and uh, humility and grief and mourning uh, and also to exercise discipline by uh, restraining uh, their appetites. Uh, There is no commandment in the New Testament for Christians to fast, but we are free to fast. And uh, I wondered this week whether... Fasting might actually be a good thing for us. To be greedy and uh, to live to excess, uh, perhaps fasting might be a way of disciplining ourselves and teaching ourselves to show some restraint. But here, notice that the religious hypocrite makes sure that everyone knows that he's fasting. Uh, You can see it there in verse 16, can't you? Verse 16, Jesus says, And when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Now, I, I don't know what it would have looked like for them to disfigure their faces. Maybe they you know, ruffled up their hair. Perhaps they you know, put on a look of hunger on their faces. Uh, perhaps they smeared ashes on their cheeks. But whatever it is they did, they did it so that everyone might know that they were fasting and doing their religious duty. And again, uh, this kind of motivation is still alive and well, isn't it? I mean, think about things like the 40-hour famine, for example. Um, It's impossible to do the 40-hour famine without letting others know that you are fasting, (laughs) because the whole point of it is to go around and to ask for people to sponsor you. Uh, Now, I'm not saying that everyone who does the 40-hour famine will be uh, wrongly motivated. But I am saying that it is a danger, isn't it? We can do these things just to let other people know uh, how pious we are and how generous we are. And if we do, then Jesus says that you have received your reward. If it's the applause of men that you are after, 
then that is precisely what you will get and that is the only thing you will get. But do not expect any reward from God. Uh, Friends, what are your motives and my motives in the practice of religion? Uh, You know, I I sometimes think it's it's easy to spot uh, those who are wrongly motivated by a desire to be seen by others. Uh, You know, they are the ones who work really hard at church to serve, but uh, if they don't get any recognition or any thanks from people, then they start to get angry. Uh, They start to um, get a bit huffy. Uh, They complain. But at other times, uh, it's not very easy to see people's motives, is it? For they are hidden. Uh, I was driving home uh, one night this week, and uh, uh, I noticed that there was an attractive young woman Uh, who had pulled over by the side of the road. Uh, The bonnet on her car was up, and so she must have had some sort of mechanical failure. Uh, But I also saw that a young man had uh, pulled up behind her car and uh, was offering his assistance. Now, uh, what do you think is motivating that man? Uh, You know, judging by the, 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 the grinning... Um, uh, the cynical of us would, would say that he's probably you know, wanting to ask this lady out on a date and uh, here is his perfect opportunity. But he could easily have just pulled over because he wanted to help somebody in need. Uh, or he could have just pulled over because well, he want, wanted everyone passing by to see uh, what a good Samaritan he was. You see, it's very hard sometimes to see another person's motives. But can you see here, friends, that Jesus can see the heart. He sees the hidden motives of our hearts, and he is not fooled by religious hypocrisy that is simply motivated by a desire to be seen and glorified by men rather than to please God. What are your motives and my motives as we practice our religious righteousness, I wonder? And so, uh, if the religious hypocrite is wrongly motivated in religion, uh, what is the antidote to such hypocrisy? Uh, Well, Jesus' answer to religious hypocrisy is secrecy. Uh, It's secrecy. It's about practicing your righteousness, not in order to be seen by other people, but in secret, knowing that the only one that you are trying to please and who you are visible to is God himself. And uh, you can see this in each of the three examples that Jesus gives, can't you? Uh, Firstly, he says to the disciples to give to the needy in secret. Uh, You can see it there in verse 3. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Uh, Here, it's almost as though uh, Jesus is saying to his disciples to keep their giving secret even from themselves. 
And don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, says Jesus. And uh, that's good advice, isn't it? For uh, I don't know about you, but uh, have you ever done this thing where, you know, after you've been generous by uh, giving to some ministry or charity or whatever it is, uh, you keep on replaying the amount that you've given back to yourself again and again and again, reminding yourself of how generous you've been. Uh, have you ever done that? Or is that just me? <laughs> but Jesus says, keep your giving secret. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. After you've given, just forget about it. And move on and be generous again. For if you are genuinely motivated to give, then your father who sees in secret will reward you. Uh, What kind of reward is Jesus talking about here? Uh, Well, our problem is that when the Bible mentions the word reward, uh, we start to think about trophies and, uh, you know, the waterfront mansion in heaven or things of that nature, don't we? However, when we think about rewards, there are unnatural rewards as well as natural rewards. And so, for example, uh, my son is learning to play the piano. Uh, I can offer to pay him $1,000 if he passes his next piano exam. But that's quite an unnatural reward for playing the piano, isn't it? Uh, There's no real connection between playing the piano and money. (laughs) Rather, the natural reward for learning the piano is that one day, perhaps, he might be able to enjoy playing Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata effortlessly. There's a natural kind of reward there to playing the piano and working at it. In a similar way, I think the rewards that Jesus is talking about here are just the natural rewards that come from the action. Uh, You genuinely want to give to the needy? Well, your reward is that you see the needy helped in their need. The reward is that you see yourself growing more generous like your Father in heaven who has been generous to you. Uh, Secondly, Notice that Jesus says to his disciples to pray in secret. Uh, You can see it there in verse 6. Verse 6, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Uh, Now, I don't think that Jesus is saying here that his disciples are never to pray in public. For uh, if you have a look at the following verses... Uh, he teaches his disciples uh, what has been come to know uh, to be known as the Lord's Prayer, which begins with the words, Our Father in Heaven. Uh, you see, this is a public prayer uh, to be prayed together. Uh, now, we're not going to have a look at the Lord's Prayer today. Uh, we're going to spend a bit more time looking at it in detail next week. But the point that Jesus is making here is not that we are never to pray in public, but that secrecy guards our genuineness or our sincerity before God. Of course, uh, doing things in secret 
doesn't always guarantee sincerity. For it is possible to pray in secret in such a way that we make a show of it even to ourselves as we're praying. But those who pray in secret are likely to be the ones who are genuine in their prayers when they pray in public up the front. Those who are uh, worshipping God in secret and giving to the needy in secret and doing these works of piety in secret are likely to be doing it in genuineness when they do it in public. Are you and I praying in secret? Uh, I know that's uh, difficult for mothers with uh, young children because uh, you don't seem to have much privacy uh, in your life. Um, I once heard of a mother who had to lock herself in the bathroom for five minutes every morning just to uh, spend a little bit of time uh, with God. Um, I also know of a mother who has trained herself to say short, uh, pithy prayers expressed in in a genuineness of heart to God whenever there is opportunity during the day. But the question is, are you and I praying in secret? Perhaps we might need to schedule some time in the day just to spend time with God alone. We schedule all sorts of important things in our diaries, don't we? Why not schedule prayer? Are you and I praying in secret? For it is secrecy that will guard the genuineness of our heart. And those who are sincere in secret prayer will have great reward of growing in their relationship with God, uh, growing in our trust as we see prayers answered, and uh, growing in our delight in him. Uh, well, friends, uh, let, me, let me finish up. Uh, being a father of young children, uh, I get to see many performances. Uh, one performance I remember is of my daughter performing in a ballet concert. Um, she used to do a bit of ballet, uh, and the ballet school that she was a part of put on a concert, and so she put on her little tutu, and uh, off she went uh, to perform at this concert. But the thing I remember most vividly is walking into this theatre and uh, all these little children on the stage uh, getting ready to perform. And uh, you know what they did? Uh, When the parents came in, uh, all the little children uh, were anxiously trying to look for their parents. And uh, when their parents came in and they they saw them, uh, well, uh, they felt at ease and they were able to uh, dance to their heart's content. Uh, That's a little bit like what Jesus is teaching his disciples here, isn't it? If you are a disciple of Jesus, you will not be performing for other people, but you will be doing your acts of righteousness for the pleasure of God alone. Uh, I don't think Jesus is saying here that his disciples will never be falsely motivated but there will be a genuineness to their religious works that far exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees in their hypocrisy. They will not so much be motivated in order to gain approval from men, for they know that at the cross 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. They have the approval of God himself. And so their religious works will be a dance for God that will give and pray and serve for the pleasure of him alone. Are you and I like this? Is our religious righteousness marked by a genuine desire to please God rather than the hypocrisy of those who only desire to please men? Let's pray. Father, the the psalmist says this morning, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in in the way everlasting. And so, Father, we pray that you would indeed search the depths of our hearts this morning. If you find lurking there, a desire to be seen by others so that our religious acts are motivated by pride and a need to be well thought of by others, uh, we ask for your forgiveness. Uh, Thank you for the blood of our Lord Jesus that has washed away our sin. Uh, Thank you that he has given us his own righteousness so that we can now be accepted and approved by you. And we pray that secure in this gospel, we might do our religious acts in order to please you and you only. Help us, we pray, that as we give and pray and serve you in many different ways, that we might not do it for our own selfish reasons, but genuinely from a heart that desires to please you, our Heavenly Father, in all things. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.